Welcome to The Nine Line, your news and information source for healthcare-related issues impacting Southern Nevada veterans, and a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And now, here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Hi, welcome to the Nine Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Archiquette, and joining us today, as always, is my good friend, Joshua Gray. And, you know, based on the things we were just talking about, which we won't go into on this podcast, you probably wish I wasn't joining you, but <laughs> yeah, you're stuck with me. Sorry. You know, eh, we'll, uh, well, we'll, we'll get it done. My success rate without you on the podcast is zero percent. Because you've never done the podcast without me. You're, you're the Phil Kessel of the I show. I am. <laughs> I'm the glue. I'm the glue guy. I'm the straw that stirs the drink. Well, today we have... For the very first time, two new guests joining us from the residency program. So we have uh, Dr. Eric Egla, and we have, are you doctor yet? Yes, that's okay. what they keep telling me anyway. <laughs> Dr. Carlos Rodriguez, uh, and he is one of the residents here at the VA. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. We're happy to have you here. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. So the reason you're here, it's not because you're announcing a new residency here in Vegas, because seems like when you hear residency in Vegas, it's usually in regards <laughs> Katie to... Katy Perry? Yeah, Katy, Katy Perry. Katy Perry <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we won't get into Adele. the Adele resident. We won't get into yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but residency in, in this form is more about um, how younger doctors kind of get into the, the medical career field, I guess. Right. Uh, for lack of a better term. So tell me a little bit about the residency program here at the VA. So uh, as you said, residency is uh, the training, postgraduate medical training. So when a, an individual... Uh, does their undergraduate degree, then gets accepted to medical school and completes their medical uh, school training, uh, they have, it require additional training to become whatever specialty, whether it be a family medicine doctor or a general surgeon. And in our case, we're a, a, a physical medicine rehab, phys- uh, PM, uh, PM&R or physiatry. So um, our program started, it's uh, actually the first one in the state of Nevada. Um, it started in 2019, officially started in 2019. Um, they're like, because there's a shortage of, of doctors, uh, uh, not just here in Las Vegas, but uh, in the state of Nevada, but nationwide, um, you know, they, we, we feel it's a need to, to create some, uh, felt a need to create something like that with, in our center. Um, uh, the, 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 one of the pillars of, of the VA's mission is uh, educating doctors, is creating doctors. So that's, that's kind of how we, we, we got started with this. And like, now's the perfect time to talk about it because next week or March 13th through the 17th is going to be uh, Health Professional Education Week. So, yes. you know, that's a, a critical component into, you know, helping our access to care is making sure that we have enough qualified doctors to, you know, meet the veterans' needs and our, our growing veteran population here. Um, so, Dr. Uh, Dr. Rodriguez, or do you prefer to go by Carlos? Dr. Rodriguez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Rodriguez, you're here as a uh, representative of the uh, resident here. Um, what got you into resi- the residency program here at the VA? Uh, Dr. Aguila did. Uh, <laughs> I interviewed with him, uh, and he sold me on it. Uh, there's a few things. Um, as a as a medical student, it's a long. It's it feels like a long process. Uh, the the common uh, the common expression is uh, the 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 years go fast but the days are long. Uh, that's medical training for you. So um, as a fourth year medical student, you have the opportunity to go ahead and rotate at different facilities of your interest. Um, I had already known I was interested in physical medicine and rehabilitation. Uh, so I everywhere I went, um, I found I had some exposure to the VA. 
Um, or I, I should rather say those programs that I did have an exposure to the VA are the ones that I preferred. Um, it was a wonderful experience. I am prior service. Um, so uh, it was, I, I found myself um, totally uh, fulfilled in being able to take care of veterans. There is a natural sense of camaraderie uh, and esprit de corps, I suppose you could call it. And, um, and I just found a lot of fulfillment in that. I also found a lot of fulfillment in, this, in the way that the VA trains their residents and their students. Um, the VA is, uh, is sort of free from that uh, financial incentive um, that's difficult to avoid outside of the VA system. Uh, and in doing that, uh, we can focus a lot more on taking care of our patients. That becomes truly the number one priority. That's very refreshing for a student and a resident. Um, and also, I think it, it opens things up to focus on education without worrying about finances. Uh, you mentioned uh, when we were talking before the show, you had mentioned that you're from the East Coast. Um, where, where did you go to medical school? Right. Good question. So I went to medical school at Liberty University. Okay. Which is not in Las Vegas. So uh, how did you end up out here then? Like, like sure. what, what, what drew you to Las Vegas? And, and what does that kind of that, that recruiting process look like where you're, you're at Liberty and it's nowhere near here. So, you know, did you just darts or like, how did you end up out here? <laughs> That's a great point. I feel like I'm, I'm uh, definitely going to have to share with you this, this whole sort of match process that we call it. Um, I had never been to Las Vegas until I came for the interview, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, I had I, never come here, but I guess to, to sum it up a little bit, um, when medical students apply for residencies, there's a certain uh, program you have to do that through called the MATCH. Um, you basically have exposed a whole list of, of all the residencies that apply to whatever specialty of interest you have. I went through that list and was very open to applying to programs, especially those that had some sort of veteran uh, VA exposure as a resident. Um, Las Vegas actually was not on that list. Uh, the program hadn't been established yet. Um, I received an email actually from the current program director um, for all people interested in physical medicine and rehabilitation. Um, this was much later in the applicant cycle. This is usually towards the point where you're having to make a list and a decision, which program am I going to rank the highest? Again, the summary of the match process is you've got a list and it's, you know, top 10 or top 20. And the first on the list will be the winner, but also the residencies have a list. And this all gets kind of pushed through a computer algorithm, at least we hope. And, uh, and the answer is what you get. Um, so yes, yeah, so I got the interview offer from doc, uh, it would be Dr. Lee, the current program director. And, um, and he went ahead and invited me for the interview and I kind of fell in love with it right away. And as, like I said, uh, I met Dr. Aguila there. Uh, we had a great interview. Um, it was also just, uh, it was me, him, and another attending, uh, Dr. Aguila's uh, prior army, right? I'm an army uh, veteran. Sir. That's right, so I was Air Force and the other, uh, the other attending was Navy. And if there's anybody who's prior service, they know uh, you, you put three different branches together, and that always makes for a fun conversation. <laughs> uh, but it, obviously, it, it left a great impact because I, 
I really did want to come here after that. And what Dr. Rodriguez is, is not, it's uh, our specialty, our, it, getting to medical school is competitive in and of itself. It, it's a, a long, arduous process as you described, but uh, our specialty has become particularly competitive. Uh, we had over 600 applicants for six slots. Uh, we ended up interviewing up to uh, 50 applicants, and then of those 50, we, we, we got our six selected. So it's a, it's a process, you know, that you get put through the ringer to be selected. Um, uh, you're asking about how we advertise and how we uh, uh, get folks to, to recruited. Uh, we, we do make uh, uh, recruitments to our uh, um, uh, meetings, annual meetings, uh, society meetings, where we'll meet with prospective medical students. Uh, Locally, we've met with uh, UNLV Medical School, uh, Toro uh, School of Osteopathic Medicine, and we've met with representatives from the University of uh, Reno, Nevada uh, School of Medicine. So we're trying to recruit locally because uh, as part of the solution to the sh uh, physician shortage is to, to, to keep people local here to, to continue to work with us here at the VA. So. so when you have that many applicants for so few positions, like, what what's your separating factors here? Like when you get to well, well, we we took all of these people and we brought them down to ten for the last six slots. Like, what are you looking at? Like, is is it like tenths of a percent in test scores? Like, what are you looking test at? Test scores are a part. Of it. There's multiple factors. Test scores, grades are part of that. Um, letters of recommendation from physicians they've worked with. Um, if they've done research or uh, completed research in the field that we're interested in. Um, but then the interview is also important too. You know, how how will they come across? Uh, you know, in communicating not just with us, but you know, what we foresee them communicating with their patients. So you know, those are all things that we kind of factor in um, to 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 ranking them to, to as folks that we would want to bring into the program. Are you just looking at like personality? If it's a good feel and a good fit with the people? Or? From my standpoint, as, as a veteran, I, you know, I I I look at them. Is this someone that would uh, make a veteran feel comfortable? A veteran who may be uh, having some issues with PTSD or difficulty trusting the VA system that that this is someone that they can bring in and, and, and comfort them and, and allow them to be open to be able to help them. So. I think my personality helped. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should stop. I'll stop right now. Well, you, you said you got 600 people applying. You only you narrow it down to six. It's, I mean, it sounds like you could choose the best of the best. That's the idea. I mean, that's, you know, it... Uh, I, we, we we hope we get the best of the best, and and and, and I will tell you as, as we've worked with them, you know they, they've proven themselves in, in their ability to, um, to to provide the care that we expect them to provide to the, the veterans that we, we care for. How do you curate that 600 people list? Like how, how do you you know is it like you know college football when you're trying to recruit <laughs> the best from around no, the country? No, you're 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 taking a it's it's kind of like the NFL combine, right? You know you have your measurements, but you know you you have to kind of translate that into to what it could mean. So uh, our, our program is in association with the Healthcare Corporation of America, HCA, which is a big uh, healthcare organization here in Las Vegas. So um, we have some administrative help there that uh, screens the applications and screens out uh, for, for test scores, grades, um, uh, you know, letters of recommendations, and then we review them. We review the, you know, the, the 50 folks that uh, we're going to interview. And it, it is tough. You know, you know our, our top 10, you know, it, it, there's not much separating them from the, the top 20. Um, or the top 30. So, uh, um, you know, we, we unfortunately can't take everybody. You know, it, it takes a lot to, to, to educate the, the six that we have. And, in fact, we're, we're waiting to hear our match uh, for this, this class uh, next week. We'll be finding out uh, 
who, who are the, the new six residents that we're bringing in. So then is there like a rush to notify them before like maybe another VA gets a hold of them and, and you like accept to somewhere else and then Vegas comes in and you got to reconsider like it all seems like a very, very stressful situation for everybody involved to make sure that, you know, you're bringing the talent here that that you get. But then also, well, maybe this is it, from the, the perspective of the, the applicant. Well, this might be the only offer I get. I'm going to go ahead and accept it. Or do you wait for maybe that dream offer to come in? Like, it seems very, like, there's sure. a lot of going on there. So I guess I guess one of the unique factors for me was that this was a brand new program. And so they were a little bit uh, outside of the typical match process uh, that they were able to reach out much later in the game. This was their first year that they were open for um, the match. So I think that's probably the uniqueness of getting that email. Um, I mean, I would say, you know, Providence, perhaps, uh, that brought me out here, especially this time of year. I don't miss the slush and the sleet back east. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, um, that's probably some more of the specifics of this particular situation. And, and Carlos was alluding to the algorithm before. So, you know, there's a rank that uh, the applicant places and that we place. And, you know, if we're both high on the list, those are the folks that uh, – we, we tend to bring in. So, uh, you know, there's actually a big day. It's called Match Day. Again, it's, I think it's a week from this Friday where uh, they get something in the mail and they find out where they where they matched. Okay. You don't have to, like, fax a letter of intent in to the, <laughs> to the athletic department or anything like that? Or, yeah. <laughs> I think you have to sign something, right? You're saying that you're accepting the position. I, I believe that's what happens once you, 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 you match. I mean, I think you can decline if you like. but uh, It's all kind of a blur yeah. looking back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> So only because it was a lot, you know, that's the only reason, yeah. <laughs> so you said this was the first year that you were doing it, like the residency program, in, like entirely here? Or in the Las first Vegas, year you did this first year we, we, we took in our first class in 2019. Okay. Um, that, that class has since graduated. They finished up uh, last year in 2022. So. so now that you've got one class that has gone through, um, you know, what was the retention look like? Did, you know, did the all the doctors go on to, you know, Better, brighter things. So we had we had our first class was uh, was five um, of the five. One of them actually is it was working here at the VA now. He he stayed on to work with us. So it's a twenty percent retention rate. Um, the other four are doing additional training. Um, uh, they did what's called fellowship training uh, at other other places. Um, I've heard some have been interested in working with the VA um, at some point in their career, or at least coming back. Actually, one is definitely coming back to the Las Vegas area, not necessarily with the VA. So if you're talking about uh, the creation uh, retention rate for Las Vegas, you know, we're looking at uh, about uh, 40% there. So, But, you know, you brought up an interesting statistic before we started recording that 70 to 80% of physicians in the United States go through the VA residency program at some point. Yep. That's a staggering number. That's, you know, it's, it's, like I said, it's one of the pillars of the VA mission is to train future doctors. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're a doctor who's gone to medical school, did your residency training in the U.S., more odds are likely that you've had some experience uh, training in the VA. What, what causes that? I mean, what, why is that number so high? Because when, when I think of just, I mean, how many hospitals are there in this city, right? There's five, six, not, not, not including us, right? It, it would seem like when you look nationwide, there's exponentially more just hospitals to do a residency in than there are VA facilities. So it's kind of mind blowing to, to hear that 70% of you know physicians in America have gone through a VA at some point when on, on the, the whole, we're kind of, kind of small when it compares to nationwide healthcare facilities. 
you know, uh, it, because it's a, mission, a pillar of the mission of the VA, we, we have a, a, a direct office that's involved with it, the, the Office of, uh, of Education uh, here at the VA. Um, uh, the VA as a whole has a, uh, a billion-dollar budget dedicated towards, uh, towards education, um, with $5 million dedicated directly towards uh, education of doctors and nurses. So uh, um, that it's, it's, it's planned for. The plan is for that to happen, and uh, I, th I think it's something that's always been passed on as the VA has grown as large as it has to this point. So. I mean, that's, that's kind of an incredible responsibility then for, you know, people in your position who are, you know, healthcare educators for the VA, that you're really shaping the future of this country's healthcare. I, I, and that's, some, that's not a responsibility we take lightly because uh, uh, my colleagues and I kind of joke about it that, uh, you know, we're raising f physicians that are going to be taking care of us. So we, we, we think it's uh, us and our families. So, you know, we want to make sure that the doctors that, that come out of here are, are people we'd, we'd want to seek care from ourselves. So. Excellent. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about the residency program here at the VA. You're listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We'll be back with more right after this. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Did you serve in the military? If so, you can obtain a free lifetime pass to more than 2,000 federal recreation sites. These sites are located across more than 400 million acres of public lands including national parks, wildlife refuges, and forests. The lands host activities to fit any lifestyle, hiking, biking, fishing, camping, and much more. Gold Star families are also eligible for these free lifetime passes. Plus, they cover entrance fees for a driver and all passengers in a car, or up to three additional adults at sites that charge per person. Obtaining one is easy. Just go to the National Park Service website, nps.gov, or the National Park Service app. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Scammers exploit chances to commit fraud, like predatory law firms and non-accredited representatives targeting veterans and their survivors by offering to get you VA benefits. Report suspected fraud at va.gov slash OIG slash hotline. Learn about general counsel accreditation at va.gov. Welcome back to The Nine Line, Southern Nevada's source for veteran-related healthcare news and information. Here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Welcome back to the Nine Line Podcast. John and Josh here with Dr. Rodriguez and Dr. Aguila, and we're talking about the residency program. And, you know, it's great having you both on here because this is something that we've talked a little bit about nursing education and nursing recruitment, but um, hearing it from the, you know, the physician side is, is really interesting. Um, now, the way that the program works here at the VA, you kind of have it divided into two different sections for the residency program, right? Yeah, there's, the Department of Education has two big uh, affiliates, or two big uh, areas. One is called GME, Graduate Med Medical Education, which is for doctors and nurses. And they also have something called uh, Allied Health, which is for other healthcare professionals, uh, pharmacists, physical therapists, speech therapists. So um, they all fall, fall under the, the Department of Education, but the, the VA's mission of education um, allows us to train uh, the whole spectrum of, of healthcare that's provided. 
Yeah, so we have a lot of really great educators, a lot of great residents here at the VA who, you know, unfortunately we can't have all of them on the podcast <laughs> as much as we'd love to. Um, but, you know, we need a lot more chairs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, we have uh, um, 18 uh, uh, residency programs, phys- physician residency programs, graduate medical education programs. We have uh, eight uh, allied health programs and ter- two nursing residencies. So. Awesome. So yeah. we're looking forward to seeing uh, the future graduates, like hopefully Dr. Rodriguez this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you be, be, could be seeing them already as trainees. You may the, the veterans may be uh, uh, meeting with the, some of these trainees and not know that the trainees mm-hmm. as, as, as they're under our supervision and that they're providing the excellent care that they that uh, we expect them to. So, so you, you just said something that I just want yeah. you question real quick. You know, uh, you may not know if it's a if it's a trainee or not. So, what is that process? I, I guess like like if a veteran comes in and they're seeing somebody who's a who's a student, is there somebody with the student at all times, or is it just kind of their independent and in, in practicing, but they're I don't know monitored somehow. I'm, I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, they're. Uh, we tell our, our, our trainees, medical students and, and residents, to introduce themselves as such. You know, I'm a, I'm a medical student from UNLV. I'm a, a resident uh, uh, doctor in training. Um, but more often than not, what I hear back from our, our patients is that uh, they, they couldn't tell the difference. You know, they, they say, I want to see that medical student again. I want to see that resident again. And they are under our supervision. So the, the medical student or resident will be seeing the, the patient uh, um, usually on their own in the room, and then they will come and present to us. They come, leave the room and come talk to us in another room about what they found, what, the, what was part of their discussion, and we'll talk about, uh, you know, some of their plans, uh, what they think they should be doing, and, you know, some, very often they're right, very often they may, they may not be right, and we, we have to kind of alter that and allows us to teach them uh, not just about uh, the management of this patient, but, you know, other patients like that. So uh, uh, it becomes a, um, a kind of learn-on-the-job opportunity for, for, for all those involved. So, Dr. Rodriguez, what do you like most so far about your residency experience? Sure, it's it's been wonderful. Um, essentially, we spend about forty percent of our time here. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, you know that number better than I yeah. do, Dr. Aguilar. <laughs> uh, sounds about right. About forty percent of our time here, um, and then the other sixty percent in general throughout the community. Um, I think it's great as a resident to see both. Um, to see how um, how medicine is practiced here in the VA system and how it's practiced outside of the VA system. Obviously, I have my lean towards the VA. Um, but the other thing I think is um, my favorite part is being able to treat veterans not just here in the VA but also out in the community. That's been that's been quite nice. Um, and uh, you know, really, there are many things. If if I kind of focus on the VA a little bit, um, I think one of my favorite things again is that focus on education, um, not worried about uh, getting through the patient encounter more quickly, but really just focusing on the patient as a person, and how can we learn from this experience? How can we learn from this training process? Um, I would say um, beyond the camaraderie I feel with the patients, there's a great sense of camaraderie here, and that's been one of my favorite things. Um, there's also been a great um, sort of reinforcement of research interest here. Um, I think it's, it's been wonderful as I have my research interest within the VA system to get a ton of support here, um, not just among my immediate attendings, but also within the faculty here throughout the VA uh, and even on a national level. Um, so that's been really great. It's been great. So what does your, your future look like, you know, without having to, to make too many bold predictions? Sure. Um, you know, how much time do you have left in your residency? What do you sure. expect? What would you like to do after that? 
Okay, so I only have about a few months left of my residency training. Um, so that's, that's exciting, wonderful, and scary for most graduates. Um, for me, I will actually be doing what we call a fellowship, um, which is an additional training uh, uh, subspecialty of choice, if you will. Um, and I'll actually be doing that in hospice and palliative medicine. And that will also be spent a large majority of the time here at the local VA. Um, so that's been kind of interesting to be able to coordinate um, within the same VA hospital different types of specialty care. Uh, the common question I get is, are you excited to go into hospice and palliative? And that's always a tough question to answer, uh, given, given what exactly I'll be doing. Um, but certainly there's a great sense of fulfillment that comes from that. Um, as physiatrists, we always are focused on uh, the patient as a person. Um, on, on even uh, things like pain management, um, um, but our focus primarily is in function, um, getting, them, getting them ready to either to go back home um, or whatever the case may be. Um, in hospice and palliative, I can focus really more so on patient comfort and treating them as a whole patient. And, and, and question that, that it seems we, we kind of have to ask everybody about this specific topic lately. Um, you know, when you talk about your experience as a, as a, as a resident and, and going through all of this, you know, when you're in medical school, life's great, it's normal, and then you get to residency and worldwide pandemic. Um, what was it like, you know, kind of having the world turned upside down while you're doing the bulk of your residency, if not the entire thing, in the middle of like a no kidding pandemic? Sure. Um, so I will say, actually, I was in my intern year. Uh, mm -hmm. So some specialties uh, will do our first year of training separate uh, and sort of a general medical training and then move on to more specialized training, uh, which is in PM&R for us. Um, so my first year of training was in 2019 to 2020, uh, and that was actually back in New York. Uh, so I was there really when COVID-19 picked up, uh, which was a wild experience. Um, and, and frankly, uh, it, it took a lot of uh, maturing and growing up very quickly. Um, uh, so in, in the one sense, definitely a difficult time, um, but it, it certainly was a fortifying time for me as a medical provider, having to make decisions for patients in that case. Coming out here um, to Vegas um, and treating the veteran population, I noticed we had to integrate a lot more of the sort of video consults um, and, and discussing with veterans um, how to you know, take care of themselves without them physically present. Uh, I know that there are some cases where we can't get away with doing that if we really want the patient to have uh, optimal care. But, but in some cases, um, it, it, it was good. And I think it's been great. Um, there have been uh, many, many uh, patients, um, many veterans um, that wouldn't come to the doctor because they didn't want to make the trip. Um, but now we have sort of established this way of, of treating them that doesn't require them to take a two-hour trip to the VA. We can treat them from, from their home, um, which is great. And then, Dr. Aguila, I guess kind of the same question for you. You know, when we think about the military, mm -hmm. we, we think about we train to do the mission. But when it's time to do the mission, it's time to do the mission, right? Yep. Um, so as somebody who's involved in training new medical professionals, when you hit a pandemic and it's time to do the mission, how do you integrate that with also having to do training in the middle of, of, of that pandemic? You know, that, that's you know, something that we, we were all struggling with at the beginning because, uh, you know, things were changing daily. You know, restrictions and, and recommendations on, on who we could bring in, who, how we could not, who, who, what patients we could see. 
Um, so at some point in time, you know, our outpatient clinics were shut down, which is primarily how we're involved with training our, our residents. So as, as uh, Carlos was mentioning, uh, we, we had to take a, a turn to, to tr uh, train them to use telemedicine, to, to use the, the VA's telemedicine platform. So um, I, I would say it was, it was difficult for us to learn, and then not only just learn, but then to teach it to, to someone who was learning to, to be a doctor. But uh, um, it was also a valuable tool in, in, in um, seeing how a pa our residents interact with their patients. You know, we were talking earlier about how it, currently, you know, our, our residents will go with a patient to a room and, and uh, you know, and, and see them then present their, their findings to us. Um, do using telemedicine, I could be there like a, like a fly on the wall where I could just turn my camera off and microphone off and I could observe it directly and see how that, that patient interaction goes, how they communicate with their patient, how the, the patient responded to what they were saying. So I think that's something that's going to be moving forward, a part of uh, graduate medical education. Uh, telemedicine is going to be a, a part of, uh, of health care and, and, and the way we educate doctors. So. Now, do you, you actually were a physician here before becoming the involved with the education process, right? Yeah, I was. I, I've, I've before the um, before we started the residency program in 2019. I I've been employed here since 2013, and I I've been involved with educating medical students. We had medical students rotate through, uh, work with us for short periods of time. Um, we had uh, other residents from other residency training programs uh, spend time with us, but none, none where we had direct responsibility for them. So. What do you enjoy doing more, teaching or doing? I think... Not that you're not doing as a teacher. You know, <laughs> it's, you, you get to a point with when you're doing, you know, you get, so, you get very proficient with it. And, you know, it, it gets the routine, sometimes almost monotonous. And so education brings on uh, um, educating other, other future healthcare providers, doctors that are going to take care of you, uh, brings on a whole set of challenges and enlightenment uh, to how you're going to practice. I, they ask questions that I can't answer on the spot. I have to look it up. Um, uh, you know, they'll, they'll bring up points that I never thought about, and I'm educated based off of their background and, and what they've been doing. So there, there's a, a part of education that people who are, are in education feel that it enhances the way they, 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 they go about their practice. So. Dr. Rodriguez, you had a, you know, an easy transition to the VA having been prior service yourself, but what do you have to say to any recent medical graduates or people who are graduating this year and maybe don't have a connection to the military or veterans? Um, would you recommend doing a residency at the VA? I mean, uh, definitely the, the short answer to that question is yes, um, come to the VA. Um, I think it's a great experience at the very least uh, to come and even if your goal is ultimately to go into private practice, um, you're going to be seeing veterans. I did, a, I did just a small study here in, in town uh, checking to see in the community how many veteran patients do we see and the inpatient rehab. And it was about 20 to 25% of our patients were prior service, which didn't surprise me. I had a feeling uh, that the number would be that large. So no matter who you are, whether you're out in the community or in a, a big uh, institution, private institution, or you're here at the VA, you're going to be seeing the veteran population. Um, so it's a great opportunity to get to know them and really see um, yeah, to see what it's like. Um, there's also a tremendous amount of opportunities here and resources for veterans that unless somebody has worked here, they just wouldn't know. Um, as rehab doctors, we, we routinely have to see patients who will need a prosthesis or will need a durable medical equipment or some sort of bracing. You know, some of those things are really difficult to get outside the VA, but here there are no issues. As long as the patient um, is justified in getting it, 
will get it for them. But uh, you wouldn't know that unless you've been here. So I think it's just great overall for education, but also for the patients. Well, I want to yeah. thank both of you guys so much for joining us. This has been sure. very educational, no okay. pun intended. Um, <laughs> did either of you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about at all? No, I, I, I you know, being a graduate education week or medical education week, it just, it's, I, I think it uh, should be uh, looked at that, you know, the VA um, not just is involved with education, but it's promoting to bring these, these doctors in. There's uh, benefits to come to the VA for uh, health professional scholarship or um, uh, loan repayment scholarships to, to, to try to retain a lot of these folks. So, uh, you know, uh, to the veterans out there, if you, if you need a trainee, be nice to them. If you like them, be nice to them so that they'll want to come in. And then all the medical students and residents out there, you know, the, the VA is a great place to work. So Awesome. Well, thank you both very much. And, uh, Dr. Rodriguez, hopefully we, hopefully we see you on here <laughs> next year and the years to come. Definitely. Sounds good. Thank you. Right, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. You've been listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. For more information about what the VA is doing for Nevada's veterans, check out our official webpage at www.lasvegas.va.gov or follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Las Vegas VA. Thanks for listening.